Okay, we hit the record button again. All right, are we ready? Let's do it. Three. Luke, do you want to turn, somebody want to turn their video on? All right, this is our first podcast since the game got canceled. As we left it off, I remember it was Luke and I in a conference room, giddy, like we were little schoolboys, super excited for the end of the year, talking about the championship. Luke was talking about traveling to Greenville. I was happy. Pat and I were talking about our plans on what we were going to do. We were going to do a live stream, just him and I, of the game. And then it got canceled. Luke, did you make the trip out to Greenville? And if you did, what was it like? Tell us about it. Yeah, no, uh, Greenville was nice. Real nice. You made the trip. Yeah, half the power was out because they just had a hurricane the night before. Um, So that was kind of fun. But no, people are really nice there. They got good beer, good food. What was it like for you since you made the, how how long is that trip? That's 16-hour drive. So you made the 16 hour drive. What was it like when you, what, what was your first thought when you heard that the game got canceled? Uh, shit. <laughs> uh, so my experience of it was I was actually at work uh, for legal reasons. I was uh, for legal reasons. I was on my lunch break. I'm always on my lunch break when I do who gives a hoot stuff. It's crazy. It always just happens. Just, who gives a hoot stuff happens. My lunch break happens the exact same time. I'm saying that just in case my boss is listening. Uh, but we got a DM and it was like, hey, have you guys heard that they're going to cancel the championship game? And I remember texting Pat. I might have texted you too, Luke. And I was like, this would suck. So there's no chance that they're going to cancel this damn game. But damn, would this suck. It sucks, guys. It freaking sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what to think. I have no idea, do, idea what to do. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. I, I've just been. <sighs> no, I, I mean, I can't be mad. Our boys played their hearts out. The only thing I'm uh, upset about is the fact that they don't get to go put up for that hardware themselves. <sighs> That's such baloney. They, they, they earned, earned the chance to do that. And because of a, contract um lengths and the pandemic they couldn't reschedule the game so it just got canceled and based on the announcement if the final if the season got canceled at any point the championship would be awarded to the leader in points per game which unfortunately is greenville i don't know pat what do that's you only because they played orlando like what on that Wednesday and beat them like four nothing or something like that? Yeah, <clears throat> I don't even know if I was a if I'm a Greenville fan. I don't even know it. Like, if I found out that we won a championship at what was it like eleven o'clock on a Thursday afternoon? Like, I don't know. It just I'd feel cheated. Ugh, my heart well, breaks for 
you know, like, I, I mean, I'd be happy if I was a Greenville fan. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we won a championship. Great. But for I met me, up I, with a bunch of them. How'd they, they feel? They, they were bummed that they didn't uh, get to win their belt back. Yeah. I mean, because we it's know. now our belt, but it, it's no, they, they, uh, they were really looking forward to being able to show Union Omaha that they could win against us, which I still don't think they can. I, I, all I know is I think there's one team in the league that has an winning, undefeated winning record against Greenville. Yeah, and that's Union Omaha. Spot the lie. Yeah. So, how, how, what were your emotions when we found out, when, when we all found out that the game was canceled? Um, Sad, frustrated, mostly confused. Um, yeah. I think I think the biggest thing that my or my takeaway was, if we went through this whole season without having to really stop a game, and we rescheduled all these games, why have a championship game? Why go through all the leaps and bounds and saying we're going to have a championship game? And then just give it to the points leader when we probably should have just as a league in general should have just given it to a points leader since they do that yeah, every other too European. I know. What? Sounds too European. Yeah, just right. give it to the person who won on points. No, yeah. no that's not America. No, that's not America. That's yeah. the problem, unfortunately. I just, I'm just like, Pat asked me to do a podcast because Luke was downtown Greenville and we didn't want to bother him. And Pat was like, hey, you want to do a podcast like right after we found out? I just haven't had the heart to do it. I've, I, 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 I am actually a lot more sad than I thought I'd be. I just – I don't know. This, this just sucks. I mean, it just flat out sucks. Is, there's no other way to say it. It sucks. Well, look at it this way. We – did better than Pierce thought we were. Yeah, I mean... And we did better well, than I mean, everyone else thought we were. Yeah, I mean, who who could think that a first-year team could make it to the uh, championship game? Last time that happened was Las Vegas Knights, and then after that, there's no other team in my memory that has ever had a first year in a league and made it to the championship game. I mean, that's just shocking. And then for us to be in it, work hard, I mean, we all grinded fans, podcasters writers uh everybody grinded and grinded and grinded to get here uh, from top to bottom and then for it to just be taken away off a press release that doesn't feel right i'm sorry it's just it's just so damn frustrating and i hate it and somebody will tweet at me like well it's you know it's okay like this is how it works no man this is just not right and and i've been saying all year long i'm team no asterisks i'm team no asterisks I don't want any asterisks just in case my team wins a championship game. It just is too much. It was too much for me to handle. I am team asterisks. I am all for the asterisks for Greenville. All for it. Uh, there was a uh, fan, I think of uh, NCFC, who I, I asked for, since Greenville released the star above their crest pretty shortly thereafter, I asked for an ask someone to replace an asterisk on that because I was driving and on my phone. So didn't nowhere near a computer to be able to do it myself. Uh, got sent back one with a COVID uh, 
like just the the covid um virus uh, instead of the star oh nice it's beautiful nice i just don't know what to say usually i'm pretty up in spirits and you know uh after after we talk we have jay and uh i mean everybody's just kind of dejected it feels like everybody's just kind of dejected and it's hard to look on to the next season because it's just so fresh but i just feel dejected let's ask this question so start to end most improved player for me, it would have to be Faraday. I mean, the guy literally rode the bench, rode the bench, rode the bench, rode the bench, and then all of a sudden came on at the very, very end, and then he became a captain. I think for me, it has to be Faraday. I think EVD played so well all season long, so you can't say that he's most improved, but for me, it would have to be Faraday. What about you, Luke? I, I mean, I'm going to say Toby, just because, you know, he, he also he- – he rode the bench, rode the bench, rode the bench. Didn't nah. didn't even need really. <laughs> no, um, uh, honestly, I'm gonna say Dalton. Yeah, Dalton, because yeah, Dalton wasn't even starting at the beginning of the season. Um, wasn't on the bench for a number of games, and by the end of the season, he was right there with a lull center back just about every game. Yeah, it was, it was all good and. It's a good season overall. It, it it beat everybody's expectation minus Luke and Ben, who both thought that they were going to win the championship. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a bittersweet season. It is a bitter, 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 but sweet season. Uh, any last thoughts before we head to Jay, Luke, or Pat? Uh, so I kind of said this on the last pod before the championship game. Um. I'll come out and say it. We didn't win. It sucks. Greenville's got it. But it doesn't mean that I'm not less proud of Union Omaha. It doesn't mean I'm less proud of our fans. I think no matter which way you look at it, you look at the players, you look at the front office, you look at the fan base, everyone did such a phenomenal job in this first year of the club. And I think that has to speak louder than, than anything else. Yeah, you're right. No, uh, I, I definitely think that, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't expect Omaha to show up in a pandemic year. And Omaha did. Yeah. And the team responded. If we didn't have the the fans showing up game in game out uh, you know, for the away games interacting with the team. I, I don't think we would have had a team that made it to the final. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the ownership impressed me so much. Gary green, who is a baseball known baseball guy. I mean, he traveled out to Madison, hung out with the fans was in it. He impressed me so much this season. He was such a great owner. So helpful for us behind the scenes. You guys have no idea about, but the Union Omaha guys from Matt to Gary to Jay, they're all so very helpful and they're all so they take this seriously, the growth of Omaha. And it's not just it's not just a one year deal. It doesn't feel like to me. And to have these guys really working hard behind the scenes to make this thing work for years and years to come is so impressive. And they exceeded my expectations personally as just a little, little podcast for three of us. So um yeah, the end of the season, I I'm so proud of this team. I'm so proud of this club and the fans and the ownership. But 
Yeah, you'll hear from Jay. He's proud of it too. He hasn't had time to digest because he's got had tryouts. He's had a bunch of crap. So I'll be interested to see what you guys have to say about the Jay Mims. Uh, we don't know what we're going to have in store for the offseason, but I think we have some cool things in store. But can't wait to show it to you guys. And uh, enjoy the Jay Mims interview. And who gives a who? We do. <laughs> Hey guys, before we get to the interview, I want to talk to you guys about Global Scarves. Global Scarves is the premier supplier of custom soccer scarves, beanies, blankets, and other great fan merchandise. They have the lowest pricing to maximize your fundraising needs and to produce at the highest quality in Europe, where soccer was born. They know the product, and they know what it means to put that scarf on for match day. They work tirelessly to make sure that you are outfitted to support your club. Email Global Scarves now to find out more information on the process or to get a free design mock-up for your group or club at kyle at globalscarves.com. And we welcome on head coach Jay Mims. The first time we've talked to you since the end of the season. So I'm just going to get right to it. I'm sorry, coach. I have to ask, how are you feeling that you didn't get that chance to go to the championship and play that game? Yeah, I've, I've told a bunch of people, it's like, you know, your dog gets kicked. You're kind of just different emotions from, you know, you're sad, you're you're pissed off, you're confused, um, just can't believe it happened. And that's the initial kind of response. And then, um, yeah, then you start thinking about it more and just um, everything in general. But, yeah, it's it was definitely uh, – it was gut wrenching to, to you know, have it happen the way it kind of happened, and yeah, wasn't what we thought. But twenty twenty wasn't what we thought either. So, yeah. yeah. No, that that definitely seemed like we we got hit with all of our COVID cases right there at the end, whereas every other team had like one a week or something like that, and all of ours just showed up right right there for the end. But. Uh, when when talking to the guys, uh, obviously they're they're a little bit bummed out and kind of left up in that that lurch of not knowing whether they're going to come back. Has there been any thought, um, obviously with the open tryout, but to um, some of the guys returning and, and uh, entering on that that next year's roster? Well, I think to, to the first part of your conversation, yeah, I mean we were one of the only USL teams all year not to have one positive case for the whole season, regular season, so. Um, yeah, and then have a couple positive cases, um, you know, the, the last week it was tough and, um, so yeah, that was tough. And then the second part, no, I mean, I haven't had any, you know, with the way it ended, we still have guys in quarantine right now and we're still doing zoom call with zoom calls with doctors and zoom calls with athletic training staff members. And, you know, I'm taking, you know, groceries over to guys, apartments, things like that, dropping stuff off. So, I mean, that's the you know, last thing on my mind right now is, you know, is, you know, next year's future and what we're doing and, you know, my vision and uh, our, our roster that's, you know, eventually that will come. But right now the priority is making sure these guys uh, are okay and their, uh, their health's okay and assisting them in any, any way we can as they, uh, you know, leave town. Coach, what was your message to the players? I mean, Pat, Luke and I, I mean, obviously we were distraught when the game got canceled. Some a little bit more others because some of us, Luke made the drive all the way out to Greenville so that he was a little bit more distraught than I was. Uh, what was your message to those players when you guys found out? What, what was that meeting like? It was hard. You know, I mean, I literally it was breaking on 
Twitter before I could even talk to the guys. So, um, you know, I got a phone call from the owners, um, you know, and literally five minutes before it happened. And so I'm trying to digest it. Then I'm trying to say, I got to communicate to our players of, I don't want them finding out, you know, publicly. And so scrambling around and um, while you're trying to still digest of everything that, you know, some of the positive tests and just making sure the guys are all right. And this is, you know, six in the morning, seven in the morning and trying to figure everything out. I think it just happened pretty quickly. And, um, but it was hard to tell guys that and um, yeah, confusing, difficult. Um, yeah. It was, uh, it was just a, it's a, it's a hard situation with just the, how it went down and how everything happened and, you know, still trying to digest it and figure things out, but it was, it was tough. Now talking, um, talking around and having everybody immediately after that game uh, in Fort Lauderdale or against Fort Lauderdale was at the just absolute peak of joy uh, everything, all the great work you put in this entire season. We didn't get a chance to talk to you immediately after that game, but, but what were your big takeaways there and throughout the season, how that first game against uh, new England to that last game against Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously still digesting all of it, but overall it was an incredible year. I mean, it was way past my expectations and for a first year club and, for, you know, the, what we had to do and what I had to do to kind of build this roster and put it all together and, and, uh, you know, to, to only lose three games all year and counting even preseason games and, um, you know, and to deal with COVID and deal with the injuries, some of the injuries we had and, um, you know, playing against teams that had a head jump on us and playing against MLS rosters and rostered players and, um, it was amazing to break league records and to sell out home games and to create the buzz that we created in a city that let's be honest, we needed that kind of uh, excitement because there's not much going on sports wise the last uh, five, six months. And so for us to kind of be, um, you know, that entertainment and the, you know, for people in the community, I, I think it was amazing uh, whether it was through watching us uh, through online, whether it was coming to the games, whether it was just uh Know, supporting us uh but it was it's, it's the what the guys did in the, the short amount of time it was incredible for um my, past my expectations of of what we did so yeah i was super pleased and obviously uh you know some guys are um you know you see some of the awards coming in and guys getting recognized by the league that's always nice to see as well um but it was yeah it was amazing for what we the hand that we kind of got dealt with uh being a new team and um, what we had to do to get where we, we finished. Um, it was amazing, you know, to start the way we started and finish the way we finished. It was, it was, yeah, it was, I know the, we'll look back one day, I'll look back one day, but, um, still hard to digest, but at the end of the day, it was an incredible year. Have you been able to sit down and kind of digest this last season and kind of just think through it all? I mean, you just had tryouts the other day. So quick turnaround. Have you been even, have you even had the time to look back on this season yet? No, I wish, you know, I, at some point I will, we need to, like I said, we still got our guys here and we're still, you know, some guys still quarantining and some guys still uh, trying to recover from the virus. And so, um, no, I actually haven't. And yeah, I still trying to 
you know, talk to agents and talk to players and, you know, talk to the community and still, um, you know, obviously, you know, life goes on and business goes on, but it's, uh, no, eventually we'll, we'll want to, cause it was a long year. I mean, I mean, it was a long two years for me of, uh, putting all this together and, you know, kind of just closing up. It was no, I mean, definitely need to at some point get away and take some, uh, take, take some time away and, you know, think about it. Cause it was, it was a lot of great things that we accomplished. Amazing, amazing accomplishments that we had, but no, I haven't, <laughs> haven't had time to do that yet, but eventually uh, I think every, every coach needs to, and uh, you know, players as well needs, needs to take time away. And, and uh, yeah. Now, Jay, you were talking about how the league was recognizing players uh, through their awards and, and nominations for, but you got got yourself up there for uh, for coach of the year uh you no know, especially as difficult as this year was everything what what does that sort of recognition mean to you i think it's just a um just confirming our you know the job that our staff did i guess of it's not just me i mean i always i, I kind of helped get our in the last conference i was in i helped uh, in the last two conferences i've been in in college i i helped change that award to coaching staff of the year, not coach of the year. Cause I feel like that's more appropriate because there's a lot of things that have to go right for a coach to be successful. And, um, you know, I'm only as good as our, our support staff. And that goes all the way from, you know, our assisting, assisting coaches to you know, our equipment, to our athletic training staff, you name it. There's so many people that are involved in that. And so I think it's just, um, like I said, confirmation that we, you know, I, that I selected the right people um, around me to, to work with us. And, you know, it all came to fruition. So it was, it was great. You know, it doesn't mean you can't improve and get better. There's a lot of things that we can improve on as a coaching staff and, you know, as a uh, support staff, but I think overall, it's nice to be nice to be recognized by, uh, by people and by the league, because um, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. Um, it's a lot of sleepless nights. It's a lot of, uh, um, time away from your friends, family, and especially in, you know, 2020, where it was even magnified with what you had to do and what you couldn't do. And so I think it's nice seeing that, but at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. It's not going to change my vision or my thoughts or the process of what we need to do. This is a long-term, I've always had a long-term vision and long-term picture of where we need to be at. And this is just part of the process, but it's for sure nice to see those things, especially for the other staff members. Coach, you talked about how this season exceeded expectation. I, I guess, what surprised you about this season? Obviously, I predicted that we were going to finish fourth, so finishing fourth was better than what I expected as well. Luke predicted to finish second, so he got that right. But what surprised you personally about this team and, and this season? Um, I mean, there's – I don't know if surprise is the word. It's just um, – you know, my, I'm more competitive than anybody and I want to win every game that I coach in at any level and you want to finish first place, um, anything I do. But I mean, to, if you just look back at, and these guys are a lot of guys, first year pros, these guys are right out of college. These guys are inexperienced players and they're playing against, you know, MLS players they are playing against guys that have been in the league for, you know, a year more than them. They've played against guys that have been playing professionally for, you know, two years, three years, five years, 10 years. And so to take a bunch of guys that, um, you know, didn't have a ton of experience and um, so quickly compete. And I think there's a big difference of competing and of, uh, of winning. 
And I think I want to compete this year. I want to compete every year, but I'm surprised that we were able to, uh, you know, the results that we got were, you know, were amazing. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one thing to be competitive and like I said, but you got to, to win, it's totally different. And for us to put together the season that we did and, um, yeah, I think just the results were, you know, really, really good to me. And, you know, and like I said, I don't know, I don't like the word surprise, but it's, it's a, um, for taking a bunch of guys that don't have a lot of experience and coming from everywhere and not spending a, a lot of time here and getting quarantined for a couple months and then to get back. I mean, there was so much stuff that we had to do and just alone being a first year team is one thing, but then going through all the things that we had to do um, is another challenge. And then you put them both on top of each other. It, it's tough. And so to see the way that we, I mean, ended the season on a roll like that and we're one game away from winning a championship that quickly. I mean, that doesn't happen often. I mean, that's, you know, I don't, I know I don't take that stuff for granted and you know, it just, you just don't get in championship uh, scenarios like that too often. There's a lot of people that go their whole coaching career, playing career where they don't get one chance like that. And so for us to do that in its first year, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that had to go well and uh, you have to have a little bit of luck, a little bit of fortune, but at the same time you have to have, you have hard work and you have to have a vision. You have to have a process and players have to believe in what you're doing. And um, I think they did it, but just, uh, yeah, just, it's the biggest surprise is just how quickly, um, you know, it's happening. Now for the first half of the season, it seemed like we had a scoring problem. We had a lot of draws, you know, there, there was something, what did you put in the Kool-Aid? Like, what were you saying on the field? What, what did you say in the locker room that, that got, uh, you know, our guys to start just knocking them into the back of the net or back goal every single game, get us to that position where we went from a 2% chance to a 60% chance to making the championship game. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is knowing the team, right? I mean, we're brand new. And so it takes you a little bit to know your own team and what you're doing. And so you can kind of self-evaluate and see where we're at. And um, I've always said scoring is the hardest thing to do in soccer. I mean, that's, that's, it's no rocket science. I mean, it's, 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 you know what you have to do, but at the same time, I mean, top teams in the world can't do it and they can't figure it out. And you, how many times you hear a coach say, Oh, we were the best team, but we lost one zero. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game of, of scoring goals. And it's not that easy. And so for us, yeah, you, you always, I always evaluate, reevaluate after every training session, after every game, after every week, you name it. And, I think we went through a little stretch where, yeah, we had some injuries and we weren't scoring, but uh, for me, it's more looking at players, um, you know, how they can help our team the best. And so I think, you know, seeing Ethan's success, you know, a lot of his success by looking back at some of his games, he was playing up top, but a lot of his success was happening when he would isolate himself on the right side. You know, he had a couple, um, you know, good crosses. He, you know, he, to, to Evan, he had a uh, couple of, uh, you know, he can hold the ball well in those little areas. And so seeing that he liked being, he was comfortable out there and liked being out there. I thought that, you know, could be a transition where, you know, he could play out there and didn't have to play up top. And then Evan, you know, moving kind of way up top. I mean, it was, uh, you know, a thing where, you know, we needed, yeah, we needed something up, you know, different. And I think even though, um, you know, he gave us a lot out wide in the midfield, a lot of teams are, you know, we're scouting him and, you notice that teams would have their right back over there, their right center back over there, their defensive midfielder over there. They would have, you know, four, almost five guys when Evan got the ball 
you know, in the last 35 yards of the field shifting over. And that happened, you know, after, you know, scouting reports were out in five, six games. So it became tougher for Evan to uh, penetrate. And, you know, Evan ran out of ideas quickly of, uh, you know, not knowing what to do or how we can get him the ball. And, you know, I think we got him the bone ears, but, you know, he'd have to rotate it back. But instead of rotating it back, you know, Evan wants to try and beat guys. And it's okay to beat one guy or two. You're not beating four or five guys. So I think it made sense to change it up too. I think a couple of games before that, we put him on the right side to mix it up a little bit, to have him come inside more on his, you know, his favorite left foot and open things up for a right back to get around him. So we kind of, you know, we changed that a little bit and then eventually put him up top. Um, so I think that helped put him up top and, you know, he's just a different look, you know, he's not as probably comfortable with his back to goal as a guy like Ethan would be. Um, but he got better at it. We worked with an Adam, but he obviously, you know, gave us the, still the, the speed dimension. He gave us, uh, you know, his movement, um, and he still can use what he's good at, you know, in, in the box and attacking crosses. It's just probably a little more difficult when you're a forward to do that because you're marked more. And whereas, you know, when he was playing on the left, you know, you can kind of get free and you're open and, that's where some of the goals would happen. So I think that was a big change for us and our team. And then also just knowing our fields. Uh, it's a completely different game, us playing at home and playing on the road. I mean, it's just completely different. And it took us, took me, you know, half a season to kind of figure that out. We had to have two different styles. Uh, we had to have different tactics. We had to have different players. We had to have uh, just a whole different attacking rotations of how we uh, – you know, of different uh, style of play of, of three or four different tweaks that we changed to our principles, to our team tactical principles um, and different on the road. And so it took me about half a year to kind of, you know, adjust of what we needed to do from a personnel standpoint, from a tactical standpoint. So I think that was some of the adjustment too, figuring out home and away and, um, you know, how we can do that and how we can change it up. Cause that's, it's a uh, totally different uh, playing <laughs> on the road than is at home with the field dimensions and, and how it is. So I think that was some of it. So a little bit of everything, I guess. I think field dimensions, I think player personnel, I think me knowing the guys and knowing, you know, their strengths and their weaknesses, and then knowing our team collectively, where do we need each guy to make our team better, even though maybe it's a sacrifice and maybe not their ideal spot, but that was some of it as well. So I think a combination of all those things. And then confidence. I mean, right, when you – when he hit that first goal, Austin scored that goal where he hadn't scored in three straight games down in Florida. And, uh, you know, Ponch scored a great goal. And as soon as we got that first goal, it just seemed like, okay, finally, you know, we've scored. And then from there on out, it was, it was great. Three goals that game. And then came back home, obviously, and uh, scored the three goals. And then Madison, it was, you know, shut out, but that's a to totally different team and um, different tactics. And then come back and Tormenta scored three goals and then back to Greenville, two goals. So yeah, it was, um, guys were, guys were doing well, but I think it's a combination of everything. It's not one certain thing. So coach, uh, I'm kind of an idiot when it comes to soccer. I'll admit I'm not right. Smart. A lot of, a lot of people are a lot of, a lot of people are. So that's I, all right. would, I would consider myself not the smartest tool to shed. And for me, I'm sitting here going like, what the heck is Jay Mims doing on a Monday night? Like he's got nothing to do. What are, tell the fans, what are you doing? How are you trying to set up the season for next year? How are you working to set up next year right now? No, I was just working on a PowerPoint right now for our owners, um, putting together some, some stuff uh, operationally for them to look at. And then um, obviously there's not a day that goes by where uh, I don't look at players, um, whether it's internationally or domestically on, uh, on Y Scout. And then uh, there's not a day it doesn't go by where I'm not talking to uh, whether it's a general manager, a sporting director, an agent, a uh, coach about players and 
It's not a day that goes by that I don't meet with our staff and, you know, just check on them and make sure that we're on the same page and um, obviously giving them their, uh, their roles and what we're doing. And, um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of evaluations right now from back on the season of looking back at uh, different videos and different games and different training sessions. And, you know, you don't have a lot of time to organize stuff as the season's going on. So it's nice to kind of put our computers together and look at it and, um, you know, implementing a lot of things that we didn't get to implement from a uh, review standpoint, from style of play to our team tactical principles to, um, you know, just organizing our, our post-match, pre-match of every opponent that we played. Um, so we have that book. We know teams will change and rosters will change, but, you know, we know certain styles won't change or certain coaches won't change. So just organizing all that and, you know, electronically and digitally. So we have those folders and it's just a lot of review that you can't really do uh, day in and day out because of the, you know, the, the time in the season and to be the most efficient. And now we have some time to be able to get some of these things done, but yeah, you're right. So it's, it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of stuff that goes on with, uh, yeah, roster retention to sign new players, to managing a staff, to, you know, daily talking to owners, uh, just, yeah, a lot of, a lot of different, uh, factors and not even, you know, the most important that <laughs> trying to see how we are with our health and the virus and, you know, what's going on with that. And, um, and then, yeah, a lot of the talking to the league and the USL and, you know, we've had some, obviously some teams change. We've had, you know, some other teams, uh, move up, move down, whatever. And so just, you know, keeping an eye on that and making sure we're, uh, we're on top of those things and communicating with, uh, the USL and yeah, a lot of, a lot of daily, uh, daily, uh, uh, I guess, uh, things that we have to check off and do and, you know, the day goes by pretty quick. Now, what, one last one for you, and I, I'm pretty sure you're not going to give me an answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. When's next season starting? Yeah, we, if I knew, I'd tell you. Um, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the plan is, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, no one knows what we're doing tomorrow. So, um, but I, you got to have a plan, though. you got to have a plan. The league's competent enough to be able to, you know, talk to owners and talk to coaches and, kind of, you know, get votes and how, you know, what, what was wrong this year, what was great this year, what was good, what was bad. And um, there's no, there's no answer yet, but um, obviously the, the goal last year was to get 28 games in and I'm sure that'll be the goal again this year. And, you know, the goal last year was to start games in, uh, you know, late March and end in October sometime. And if I'm sure that's going to be a similar goal, if not, maybe a little bit different, maybe we push it back a little bit and, you know, finish a little bit later, like we did this year, that that's, a, that's a, probably a possibility, but I think uh, time will tell, you know, I, we'll see what college football, this ends up, we'll see with college basketball, how it gets started. Um, you know, we'll see what happens over the winter with, you know, Christmas break for kids on school break. And I think college soccer's you know, is, is going on right now. And then they're supposed to have their championships in April. So we'll see if they can get through a season, February, March, April. So I think there's a, there's a lot to determine MLS. Can they get through their playoffs? People are thinking, you know, the COVID cases are spiking right now and, you know, they're having a, a lot of games canceled and players, you know, on the COVID list. So they have a lot of playoff games left. So let's see what happens there. So it's just too hard to predict, but it is good to have a plan. And I think the, you know, we had a plan last year and we had a plan this year. And so I think as we get information, I'm sure you guys will, will find out, but there's nothing, uh, nothing certain right now, but I mean, I think, we just all pray that 21 is better than 20 and that, um, you know, we can get, you know, almost a somewhat normal uh, season and compared to, especially compared to this year. 
Coach, to kind of follow up with what Luke was saying, um, I don't know how involved you were with, when League One was starting to come out with, you know, all these new league policies as it changed to COVID. But now that we've kind of seen a full season and what a full season can entail, is there anything you would want to change, you know, procedurally that would kind of maybe help even like the players or the staff? Yeah, I mean, I you talking about just directly related to COVID like, and med- like medical protocols? Yeah, or maybe even medical protocols or I don't, whatever, whatever the league policy is as it direct, like directly relates to COVID. Like, is there something that would change that you could maybe see that would help increase the safety of the players, whether it make testing go faster? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I mean, that's complicated. I mean, there's a lot of different things, but I'm, first of all, I'm not a medical expert. You know, we rely on, you know, the, you know, the, the doctors and the medicines, the medical staff and training staff. And we're fortunate to have UNMC as a, as a, uh, you know, proud sponsor. And so I, I leave it up to those guys. And I think the league's smart enough to, you know, they don't come up with this stuff on their own either. They have, you know, a lot of different doctors working from various universities and various hospitals that they communicate with daily and weekly. And, um, and they communicate with the owners and try to find out what's best because I mean, there's two different, you know, things here. One is, yeah, the safe safety and health protocols and what can be the safest, but then there's also the financial part of it. And knowing that we're not, we don't have TV contracts and we don't have uh, TV money. I mean, I know one of the biggest things in the beginning was if, if there were going to be zero fans at all the games that this league wouldn't have been possible this year. And, you know, we, we wouldn't have done it. And so I think, you know, the, a lot of people look at the USL for, I, I can't believe that, you know, you guys are playing a season or, you know, this is not safe, but it wasn't the USL's call. I mean, they had to, you know, get votes from the owners of all these teams of, you know, did they want to play a year knowing that's going to be, you know, and, and affected by COVID and it's not the safest, maybe not the safest thing to do. And, um, you know, but they were going to make everything they can possible to make it safe if the, the players had to vote on it and the owners voted on it and the owners and players at the end of the day, they want to play. And so it's up to the league to, yeah, you know, help, make those protocols, but I, I think they did the best that they probably could knowing that it's also, they're, they're looking at the finances for some of these owners. Cause obviously it wasn't a fruitful year financially for any of these uh, professional sports. And especially the ones that are, you know, not don't have TV deals. And um, so, yeah, I think going forward changes, I think you're, you're number one, you're always going to look at how can we make it safer. But the second thing right after that is, you know, what's it cost? And so I think you're always going to look at those two things. I think the good news is because the virus is, it's been out there now. If you look at testing protocols, it's a lot cheaper now. Uh, you know, it's a lot cheaper right now. They're saying there's, you know, different ways to test right now. And, uh, you know, we, we couldn't even get, it was taking weeks to get test results back seven months ago. And, you know, and now you know, people can get tests back in a day, you know, 24 hours. So I know, and people couldn't even get tests maybe three, four months ago. There was a shortage of them. So I think so much you know, stuff changes daily and weekly about that. But I, I can tell you that, you know, from at least our club standpoint, we're going to always look back and say, okay, what can we do to even make it safer for players if this virus is still around? And then can we do it in a fashion where the owners, you know, are going to, you know, can do it, can, can you know, financially uh, make sure they can, uh, can afford it. Now, Coach, we'll, we'll end on this question. Uh, I know you haven't had time to look back on the season. You said you haven't even 
you haven't digested the season in full. So I'm going to let you have this next minute to digest by, with this question. All right. I'm going to, this is a trust tree. We can trust each other. Just a Chelsea question. No, 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 no. I'm not going to trick you. I mean, Chelsea's, we just, uh, I hear Keppa is looking for a job. So if you want him, you can have him. Chelsea was great great this weekend. They were, they were fine. They were fine against Burnley 4-1. They're great. (laughs) They're fine. They're fine. It's fine. You can't give up a goal. No, I'm not getting into it. Uh, How proud are you of the players, the club, the ownership as a whole? I mean, you've been here since day one. How proud are you? through the first year yeah i mean you can't if there's a scale one to ten you know it's 11 it's it's amazing what you know you have you know i had a vision for it and um you know you have a you have a plan you have a vision and it's a process and you have you know these goals and um you want to achieve and you know it's a it's going to take a while and from a one year to two year to three year to a five-year plan i have and for to see to see kind of you know some of it come to fruition it was awesome you know the players bought in I mean that's the that's the hardest thing for a coach to to coach to have at at any level especially professional is you know do your players play for you do your players buy into you do your players believe in you do your players think that you can get them better uh on the field do your players think that you can help them win games do your players you know and you know, that's the hardest part for a coach. And then if players believe in you, um, they play for you. And so I think I'm just proud that the, you know, from day one, from preseason to the last game of the year that we even couldn't get in. I mean, the players, um, it was, it was great. They, they had a belief of, of, uh, you know, what, you know, that, that of my vision and what we wanted to accomplish. And from day one, they were incredible. I, I just, that was, uh, so I'm proud of them. And then the staff, it's hard. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm not the easiest guy to get along with sometimes. And uh, <laughs> I know for our staff, it was a very, you know, it was a difficult year to, it's a lot of work, you know, throw in first year franchise, like I said, but all new players, no returning players and COVID it's a lot of work. And that were, you know, like a lot of first year teams in the USL, you're understaffed. And uh, for us, the amount of time and energy that they had to spend, to to work and to come into work and get stuff done I mean it's uh it's amazing so I'm happy for them to see uh sometimes you don't get to see the results and you don't get to see the satisfaction of the year because even though you work just as much the same and so I'm happy for those guys and I'm proud of those guys and then the club yeah I mean let's be honest uh if it wasn't for Gary Green and uh you know for Larry Botel and and the local investors that he had if it wasn't for those guys and you know, their vision they had, you know, three years ago, four years ago to, to do this, uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't be here right now. And so I'm happy that they got to see, even though it was a tough year, I'm sure financially. And uh, so I'm sad about that, that this was their first year ever that they had to, um, you know, see soccer like this, but I'm also happy for them that they got to see, you know, the, the glimpses of, oh my gosh, look what, look what the stadium looks like with, a couple thousand people imagine looking you know what it looks like at 8,000 people or look at our team in the first year you know imagine when we you know can get better every year and we can you know keep on you know getting better and improving I, I think you know I think there's a lot of people involved that maybe weren't necessarily soccer people and for those people even fans to get to see you know what this was in a in a year that couldn't have been it might not have happened it didn't happen for a lot of uh, teams and pro teams and college teams and for us to be able to show that off 
to them. I think it was amazing. And then the fans, I can't tell you how many fans have emailed me or texted me about, uh, I, you know, they knew the level was good, but they had no idea the level was that good. Uh, it's just a step. And these are like, these are the soccer guys that I know. I mean, these are people that are, you know, very accomplished, whether they're you know, as a player or as a coach. And, and they just were amazed at the level, how, how good it was. And that even now when they go back to maybe college games locally or watching stuff, they can actually see things happen before they're happening because the speed of our games and the, you know, the, the technique of some of the players and there's some of the tactics, you know, and that's what, you know, one of our, my goals was to educate, you know, how can we educate fans and uh, engage fans and engage the community. And I think it was only eight games, but I think obviously people still saw, Oh my gosh, what the level's like and what our players are like on and off the field. And uh, so that was, that was good. So it was more than a couple minutes you gave me, but since you gave me the opportunity, I, uh, I took it. So. Take a shot. Take a yeah. shot. Always take the shot. coach. Yeah. Always take the shot. That's right. All right. You, miss every, you miss every one of them if you don't shoot. Yeah. Can you tell your players to do that next year? Can we just shoot the ball? Well, right. I think I can... if you, we led, we led the USL in shots. So I don't think you have to tell them to do that. We, coach, I don't want to tell you how to do your job. You're obviously a lot smarter than me. I can't tell you how many times I sat in the stands and yelled, shoot the damn ball. Well, shoot so it. No, we led, I think, all of USL championship and all of USL League One in shots per game. So yeah, maybe, maybe you can say shoot and hit the target. There you go. I, I'll take that. Just paint me an idiot. Whatever. I can take that. I can handle that. No. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a weird game soccer, but it's uh yeah, that was, yeah, we can, we can always, you can always shoot more, but yeah, you can't <laughs> score the ball if you don't shoot. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on coach. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks Luke. Thanks Pat. See you guys. See you coach.